Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the rulers and against the authorities and against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, because our struggle is not against flesh and blood, you've got to put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, when the trials and tribulations come and when you're on, under attack, you may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything, to continue standing. Stand firm then, Paul says. Firm. Don't be moved. Don't be swayed. Don't be pushed back. Stand firm. And here's how you do it. You do it with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and the breastplate of righteousness firmly in place. And you do it with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions. All occasions. With all kinds of prayers and requests. Oh, never noticed that before. All kinds. How many kinds are there? I don't know. We'll get to that. All different kinds of prayers and requests. Don't let anyone tell you you've got to do it this way or that way. There's all kinds. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Pray with me, okay? Lord, you're just incredible. And your presence is here. And Lord, I, I want to right now just surrender everything to you. And uh, my agenda, if it's not your agenda, then get rid of it now. And Lord, let, let, let your word go forth. Whatever's supposed to be shared here, let it go forth with power, Lord. Your people need to hear from you. We don't need to hear from me. We don't need to hear from any human construct or theology or ideas. We need you, Lord, your presence and power. And so, Lord God, be present here and take control and have your way and be glorified and confront us. We pray in your name. Amen. 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 As the Lord leads you, just be praying for what's going to happen here. I, I uh, did that a couple weeks ago, and it really made a great difference. So as the Lord leads you to do intercession for the word going forth here, you just stop. You don't have to tune me out, but just start doing intercession. But that's something you just got to learn to be obedient with the Lord with. Uh, several weeks ago, two weeks ago now, I, I got invited to go out uh, and do a uh, three-day retreat at the Pentagon. Uh, the door just opened up because of um, uh, they started using letters from a skeptic in a Bible study. One thing led to another, and they invited me to go out there. And I uh, announced to you on Sunday that I was going to be going out there uh, or two weeks ago. And I appreciate so many of you last week telling me that you prayed for me, and I know that there was so much prayer going up. I, I felt that. I can feel when there's a prayer covering. I also experience it when there's not. Uh, and, and that's a scary feeling. So I really appreciate the prayer covering that was there. Um, God just opened some incredible doors, and I went out there. And I can't share a whole lot about it. Um, but there's a few things I want to just, just relate to you um, that, that uh, I learned, and maybe you can learn from my learning. The, um, the, the, the last, well, for one thing, before I left, I announced that I wasn't sure what I was going to be speaking on. Uh, nothing quite landed right. And I never did find out what I was supposed to be speaking on. Uh, the Lord just kept me off balance the whole time, and there's a point to that as well. 
But I got two prophecies or two words that were shared with me before I left, the Sunday before I left. And they both became extremely valuable to me when I was out there. One was that I was supposed to speak on spiritual warfare. And that wasn't what I was supposed to speak on, at least not in terms of paper. I was spo- this was supposed to be an apologetic, evangelistic conference, not a spiritual warfare conference. But as it turned out, the way the Lord moved during the meetings, I ended up speaking more on spiritual warfare than I did on any other particular theme. And the stuff on spiritual warfare really, really landed. The other stuff didn't. <laughs> uh, but the stuff on spiritual warfare, it hit. God was giving me analogies that pertain to spiritual warfare that meant stuff to them that didn't mean anything to me. I mean, it's out of the blue. I'd be giving these analogies, and, and it was just anointed stuff. And that's the stuff that really landed. The other word that I got, in fact, in fact they invited, I got invited to go out there next year uh, to do a whole conference on spiritual warfare. And this is going to involve the, the Capitol, Capitol Hill and the Pentagon. So God's just opened up doors, yeah. Praise God. It completely scares the kajibers out of me. <laughs> um, but I've got to deal with the Lord that says, if he opens up a door, I'm going to go through it. The other word that was shared with me was, was, was uh, this. Uh, Abe, Abraham, a uh, person who's been going here for a while, shared this with me. It comes right out of Scripture. He said, the Lord said, just um, when you go before kings and princes, don't worry about what you're going to say. I'll tell you in that hour what you're supposed to say. And that's not the one I wanted to hear. I don't like hearing that kind of stuff. The more important the situation is, the more I like to be in control of it. I am learning this about myself, and that's the lesson I guess the Lord wanted me to, to, to learn. To make a long story short, I can't share a lot of the events, but, but the last day was, was very interesting. I just want to share this with you, and I don't know if we're going to get to the, 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 the sermon that I... I wanted to speak on the shoes of peace, but it will wait. You know, we got, we got till the rapture, so... But, but, but here's the thing. The last Sunday, the, the last uh, day I was there was Thursday. I was to be holding a breakfast. Uh, uh, um, I was supposed to be speaking at a breakfast for generals. It was just for generals. Now, two weeks ago, that didn't mean much to me. General, you know, I knew what generals were from watching Gomer Pyle. But I didn't know what generals were from being inside the Pentagon. When I got out there, I quickly, I, some of you are maybe military types, you know what this is about, but I didn't. But these people are, are sort of like demigods as they walk around the Pentagon. I mean, there's an aura to them, an authority to them. This was a breakfast for 30 generals. A number of them were four-star generals. A number of them were three-star generals. These are some big military types. One of the people there, uh, uh, General Kulik, is the top, uh, uh, the, the most decorated man in the Marine Corps. He runs the Marine Corps. He's the top authority in the whole, of the whole Marine Corps. And his son goes to Woodland Hills Church here. <laughs> he was there. And a lot of all these types were too. The, the chaplain told me the day before, actually the night before, he said, well, get ready for tomorrow morning. It's likely that tomorrow morning there'll be more, you will be in the presence of more authority, uh, human authority, than you ever will the rest of your life, which made me sleep really well. <laughs> but we had this very intimate setting. Now, now here's the thing. The night before, I got back, uh, I did this thing on, on Wednesday night, and God really moved in, in a totally unexpected, unpredictable way, but God really moved. I did a supper thing. 
I got back at my hotel about 11 o'clock at night. I had seven, the, 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 the breakfast is at 6 o'clock in the morning. These people start very early. I, I went over my notes. I thought I'd pray through my notes, kind of get it all settled. I knew what I was going to say in the light of the fact that these are going to be generals. I had a lot of impressive stuff. I mean, I have a bag of tricks, folks, and I had a lot, it had a lot of Greg Boyd written all over it. And I knew these generals you know, were smart, so I was going to have all this cool philosophical stuff. And I was reviewing it at 11 o'clock at night, and I was still reviewing it at 12 o'clock at night, and I was still reviewing it at 1 o'clock at night because it just didn't taste right. It wasn't, it wasn't fitting right. It was just, it was empty. It was futile. It was, at one point I said, okay, Lord, I just got to go with that. You got to work with me on this one. This is what I'm going to go with. This is what I prepared for. I'm nervous about this, and I don't want to, you know, make a fool of myself, so I'm going to go with this. Help me go to sleep with it. And he wouldn't let me sleep with it. And it was about 1.30 at night when all of a sudden the word that Abraham gave to me came to my mind. And not only came to my mind, but ministered reality to me. And, and the, the, the word was, don't worry about what you're going to say. I'll tell you, when you need to have it, what you're supposed to say. And I knew that intellectually, you see, but I didn't know that as an experienced reality. But this time it ministered peace to me. There was a sense of calmness. Like, Greg, I'll take care of that. And the Lord just had to break me. He had to break me to let go of this thing. This is not about you. This is about me. Let go of this stuff. I'm not going to let you. The Lord is saying to me, in essence, I'm not going to let you say what you wanted to say. I know you got it prepared. You got it slick. You got it down right. But it's not going to do anything kingdom because I'm not in it. Get rid of it. And so he spoke to me at 130 with the word from Abraham. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'll come through, Greg. It's like, great. You got three and a half hours, and I'm tired. <laughs> but I went to sleep. I woke up several hours later, and, and, and just wide awake, and the Lord just said, it, it, was, it was really weird, was this, this question was on my mind, Greg, what do you know about generals that a non-believer would not know? And the answer was so obvious. I know that being a general has been dissatisfying to them. They thought it would bring life. These people have spent their life getting there, and I know it's got to feel empty. This is the climax. They're living the climax. Everything is anticlimactical, and I know that they're profoundly empty. And the Lord just said, that's what you go with. You know a lot about that one. That's, forget your philosophical junk. You go with this one. And so basically I got up in a very intimate setting, 30 generals on, on, on Thursday morning. Um, I'm not going to tell you that I was not nervous in the flesh, but the Lord came through. And basically I spoke about the meaninglessness of being a four-star general. Um, well... But it wasn't a disrespectful thing. I have, the, I have the most incredible respect for I mean, just being there just, just overwhelmed me. But the thing was this. You don't take one of those stars with you the second your heart stops. Whatever is in that is gone the minute, the minute uh, you, you take your last, the second, the millisecond you take your last breath, it's over with. And then the only thing that matters is what is your relationship to what lasts forever, and that's Jesus Christ. And the Lord was just present there. It was a little heavy, uh, you know, for, for breakfast. Uh, but, 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 but God made it land right. Uh, he, here's the thing. I want to tell you one other incident that happened. Because and, and, uh, the Lord drew a word out for all of us from this, from this event. I was, at the end of that, emotionally drained. I was just, you know, you'd like to just kick back and go, Oh, God, you showed up. Thank you so much. You came through. And you want to enjoy it and savor it. And then maybe in a couple hours you'll be ready to go again. I had another big meeting. In fact, it was the biggest of the meetings in about six hours. At, at, at noon, I was supposed to be speaking to a very large audience that would be largely non-Christian. It was their big evangelistic outreach. This was the biggest thing, okay? 
But this person who had brought me there, he, he, this mili- these military people work you. I mean, they really, really work you. And so he had me scheduled half-hour appointments throughout the whole day up to the time I was supposed to be speaking at this, this noon uh, lunch thing. And, and not just appointments, but appointments with big people. So you, you can't, like, doze off and you can't, like, ignore them. You've got to be up for it. You've got to be there. You've got to be pouring everything into it, you know. And I talk with them. They talk with me. They ask advice. I want to be at my best. I was emotionally and psychologically and physically very, very tired. Spiritually, I was doing pretty good, but I, the rest of me was kind of bonking. But then I had five and a half hours of interviews, and at 11.30, folks, I hit the wall. I came to the end of me, not only mentally and emotionally and physically, but also spiritually. Do you ever get so tired? Have you ever had this where, where, where pe- when people talk, it sounds like, like they're talking in a tin can? I, I don't know if you... It's a wild thing. And I'm sitting here listening to uh, you know, these, these officials, and it sounds like they're in a tin can because I was so tired. I was like, oh, I can't do this. My eyes are watering because I'm so tired. I start yawning you know, uncontrollably. Uh, and spiritually, I, I'm, I'm feeling this depression coming over me because I'm coming to the end. And now I'm starting to think, what am I going to do? I got a, in a half hour, I got to give this speech. I'm not sure what I'm going to be talking on, and I just don't got anything. So I turned to the guy and I said, can you give me a half hour alone? And I had to, it was really awkward. I had to break up an interview. I'm saying, look, you're important and what you're saying is important, but I can't listen now. I'm done. (laughs) Bye-bye. Night-night time for me. I just wanted to go to sleep. I turned to the guy and said, I got to have a half hour downtime. And he said, I understand. So he took me to the Pentagon Chapel. It's about 400 yards from what they call Ground Zero, which is the most targeted place on the planet. Real, real restful. Sir, right in the middle of the Pentagon, they, they've got this uh, ground zero. Uh, and and uh, which, if anyone strikes, that's where the, that's where the nuke is going to hit. And, um, but it's, it, there's, there's some, you guys, there are some real power-packed Christians in the Pentagon. And, and, and God is getting some good espionage agents all over the place. Uh, we've got guerrilla warriors all over the place. And, and these guerrilla warriors, God told them uh, about a couple months ago to take all these verses, to write them out that had to do with peace, and, and they went to ground zero, and they buried them. And underneath ground, no one else knows this but you guys. It may have been even, they could have got it, and this might have been a felony, so maybe I should shut up. But, but they packed all these verses down there, and they pray over that, you know, for world peace and whatever. It's pretty cool when you hear about it. Where was they? Oh, yes. I need to, I, I said, he brought me to the chapel, and he says, you can rest here. No one ever uses it. And um, it's this kind of liturgical chapel. It's got stained glass windows. It's got a please be quiet sign. It's got a big, huge Bible. It's got some candles and, you know, that, the, the pomp and circumstance stuff. So I go in there and I send my, my beeper for 15 minutes. I think I'm going to, I'll rest for 15 minutes and then I'll pray for 15 minutes and then I'll just go with whatever I got. So I'm trying to sleep. But as I'm trying to sleep, my brain, you know, you get so tired, your brain goes on hyperdrive. You ever get that? And my brain's on hyperdrive. What are you going to talk about? What are you going to talk about? What are you going to talk about? You're going to look like a fool. You, you know, you got nothing to say. You're going to get up there. You're going to stutter. It's going to be real bad. Oh, this is really bad. You know what? And I'm trying to sleep and, you know, I'm getting more and more irritated. It's like, I, I just wish I could sleep. I want to sleep right now. Finally, I get up. It's like, okay, I can't sleep. So I'm, I'll just pray. And, 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 and after about 10 minutes, I get up, and I'm walking around this chapel, and I'm saying, God, I, I can't do this. I, I, I'm, I'm scared because I got nothing. I got nothing to offer anybody right now. I am at zero point. I am so tired I could die. I can't get my, my thoughts are scattered. I'm just a wreck here. I got no confidence. 
I got to stand up in front of all these people and I got to give an evangelistic call. The whole week's been leading up to this point and I'm going to look like an idiot. I was crying out to God in my heart because this is a quiet chapel now. And all of a sudden, this was just such a God thing, you guys. No, 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 just follow me on this. In the door break these two people. These uh, two people from some country. I don't know where they're from. I never found out. Uh, they're about four foot five. He's about four foot eight. There's a woman there, four foot five. They're really little people. Uh, I, I, they, 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 my first thought is that, in fact, when I think about it, I just, the only word that comes to my mind is like they're, 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 they're like pygmies. You know, I call them the pygmy people. They, they just burst into the door here. And they're just like, they're either speaking in tongues or speaking in their own language. I don't know, but they're all over the place. And, and he looks at me, he's in real broken English, he goes, praise the Lord. And I said, Pray, praise the Lord. <laughs> now the girl, he's dressed in, 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 in a, like a suit and tie, you know, but she's dressed in like traditional African garb or whatever. All of a sudden, she grabs her stomach and falls to the ground, and she starts crying and screaming. And he just looks at this, and he looks at me, goes, come on, we need you. And my first thought is, man, I want to sleep. I don't want to do this. I, I got nothing. You know, I, but I'm thinking, I, I can't do that. And, and this is a little bit interesting now, and so I, I thought, I, Mr. Spiritual Pastor here, I don't want to leave. Why don't you just leave me alone? But she, he goes, come on, come on, we need you. So I go over there, and, 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 up to him, and he goes, he goes we, we're downstairs walking around, and man, there are spirits all over this place. There are spirits all over this place. He goes, and we begin to, we're walking downstairs, we begin to rebuke them. Just follow this now, and don't judge it with Western categories, just hear it. He goes, the spirits all over the place. We began to rebuke them. My sister here got the Holy Ghost. She began to speak in tongues. She never got that before. I said, we got to go upstairs. We got to seek the Lord and pray with this. We come up here, and now the devil doesn't want her to pray. He gives her the stomachache. We got to get it out. And then he, t- he reaches down, and he lifts her up and kind of pins her against the wall. And she's like going, ah, like that. And he goes on her stomach like this. He goes, you get out of there. You got no business. You got no business being in there. This is Jesus' territory. You get out of there right now. And I'm just kind of like, you know, looking at him. And he goes, come on, man. We've got to help her. And so I, I go down there. Get out of there. This is in the Pentagon now, 400 yards from ground zero. And I know they can hear us outdoors, right outside the be quiet sign, you know. But you guys... This man, the minute he started praying, there was an anointing there. If you've never experienced anointing, you don't know what I'm talking about, but most of you, I believe, have. There was a power there. The atmosphere in the place changed. In fact, it changed the minute he walked in the door. I just wasn't quite open to sensing it. But when he, when he, he started talking to whatever was there, and I'm not going to try to theologize this. I don't know what was But he's talked to it like it was the chair there. He said, I'm telling you, come on now, you get out of there right now. And there was this power there. And so I started going along with him and just praying. And for about eight, ten minutes, we were praying, and it was intense. But there was a power there, a presence there. And then all of a sudden, the lady, she was kind of crying. And all of a sudden, she just, like, stands up. And she's like, oh, like, you know, all of a sudden relieved. He goes, you felt it, didn't you? She goes, oh, I felt it. Thank you, Jesus. And he goes, we, we, we kicked that thing way out of here. It's not going to come back. Don't worry. It's not coming back. It can't bother you anymore. <laughs> 
And then they just began to praise the Lord and rejoice. And so I began to praise the Lord and rejoice. And this is looking kind of fun at this point. And then he turns to me, okay? So we're, we're just praising the Lord and whatever. And he turns to me and he goes, what are you doing here? <laughs> this guy. And he had kind of a pygmy voice. What are you doing here? And he was like, you know, this is my chapel. I don't know what you're doing here. And I said, well, I, I got I to talk to some uh, military people here in about 15, 10, 15 minutes. And I was just, you know, trying to gather my thoughts together. He goes, that's right, and you got stuff, I, like, like he knew. He goes, that's right, and you got stuff all over you. We got to get it off. <laughs> and the man does not wait for my permission or anything. <laughs> he walks out there, and, you know, I'm, I'm five foot ten, but he has to go like this. But he puts his hand on my head. The woman comes around, puts her head on the back of my head, and they start praying for me. And you guys, if, if I was standing in a cold shower with ice cubes, the different, I, I, I couldn't have felt more different than I felt when they started praying for me. It was like all of a sudden this whoosh feeling came through. It was just, it was a cleansing thing. It was a, a power thing. It was like the, the, the foggy shot brain cells were starting to reconnect and stuff. The synapses were all getting together. And there's this rejuvenation that was coming on me. These people had an anointing and a power and I was getting reconstructed as they were praying. It was an incredible thing. They prayed for maybe two or three minutes, and I was just getting electrified and rejuvenated. And the reality of God is hitting me between the eyes. It's like, God, you are coming through in a way that I never expected you to come through. And, and I began to get very, very happy. <laughs> it's like, oh, I really am liking this here. And, and, and so they finally stop, and, and, and the guy's just like, oh, you know, what next? And we're praising the Lord and whatever. And then this lieutenant colonel walks in the door. As soon as they got done praying for me. In fact, he, we, we, they were just finishing as this lieutenant colonel walks in the door. That's just below a general. The lieutenant colonel looks very upset. He looks very tense. Very, you know, you can just feel it. He walks in the room. He's like this. He sits down. Well, we're still praising God. And I'm at this point, you guys, just kind of going, ha, ha, praise God. Oh, man, do I, I can't, bo- I felt like I just took a two-hour nap. I feel great. You know, like a caffeine buzz or something. I'm really feeling good. And, and, and then I start asking these people some questions like, where are you from, whatever. But they're not giving me the time of day. They're praising the Lord. And they won't tell me what, why they're there or anything. Finally, the, the, this lieutenant colonel stands up and comes up to me. Uh, up to all of us. And he goes, I'm sorry, but can I ask you guys to leave? And it's like, whoa. Uh, you know. We look at him and, and he, he says, well, see, I, I, I got to, I just got to, I got to, it sounded like me. I got to collect my thoughts. And I said, he said, I need to pray. And I said, well, listen, Lieutenant, if you need prayer, we'll be glad to pray with you because we're on a roll. <laughs> and it's like, man, join in. And he didn't respond the way you guys just responded. He, 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 he kind of like, you know, like a dog when it's confused, kind of tilts your head like, what? You know, um, but, but he just said, no, no, I really need to be alone now. I need to just be by myself. So we, 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 I look at the pygmies, and, and we just kind of go, and like, like, okay. So we walk outside the door, okay? So we walk, I don't know if you've been in the Pentagon, but it's, a, it's kind of an austere atmosphere, okay? It's, it's kind of oppressive. We walk out in the hall. We walk down the hall a little ways. I'm still trying to find out who these people are, what they're doing here. I'm just really interested in these people. The guy told me his name, and it was like, but he says, but you can call me Chuck. <laughs> but you can call me Chuck. But then in the, in the middle of the corridor of the Pentagon, we're about, 
you know, a couple hundred yards from the, from the Secretary of Defense, all right? There's big shots walking all over the place. This guy stops. He grabs our hands. He says, that man needs us. We've got to pray for that man. He's got a spit of religion on him, and he needs us to pray for them. Again, he does not ask for permission. I'm at this point a little worried because I got, you know, I'm invited here. I'm a guest. Uh, you know, the Christian embassy that invited me, their reputation kind of is leveraged on my reputation. And now I'm going to pray with this guy in the middle of the Pentagon, in the middle of a hall. And Lord only knows what he's going to do. But he doesn't wait for anyone's permission. So he stops. He says, Lord, and this is like a 10-second prayer. Lord, in Jesus' name. And that's how he's praying. People are walking by, generals, whatever. In Jesus' name, we pray for that man in there. He needs us. We come against the spit of religion. Like that, the door of this chapel opens. And the guy comes out, this colonel, and he's crying. And he goes, I'm sorry, you guys. I really do want you to pray with me. Would you please come in and, and pray with me? And my head is like, like spinning at this point. We, go, we, we, we walk in there, and the guy says, I just got a call. My father just found out he has colon cancer. My uncle has had colon cancer for a year and a half, and he's on his deathbed, and I've got the symptoms of colon cancer, and I'm scared to death. And here's this lieutenant colonel, and he's just dying out of fear. He's, he was so afraid, he hasn't gone to the doctor to get checked out about what's, what's wrong with him. He says, so I really do need your prayer. And, and the pygmy guy just takes the Bible, and he, he opens it up. It's Matthew 20 or 22, what was one of those verses, and he says, read that. And the guy says, you know, it's a verse that says, if you have faith, you can say to this mountain, be removed, and it shall be done. And the, and the guy says, do you believe that? It's so broken English, he had to say what half the time. He goes, what? Do you believe that? The guy goes, yeah, I really got no choice. He says, that's good enough. And, 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 <laughs> and then he grabs the guy's head. She grabs the head. I'm being a little more polite, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> got to ask for permission. And they start praying. And I don't know if the guy was healed. I don't know if the father was healed. I don't know what happened to the uncle. But what I know is that the place was filled, packed with a lot of power. And we were praying in a way that did not, that violated that be quiet sign. I know they could hear us out there. But this guy did not care about propriety. He didn't care about convention. He just had the power of God on him. And it's like wherever God plugged him in, he was just willing to start. He was a little dynamite stick. That's what he was. He was a little dynamite stick. And wherever he went around, he'd explode. And then God would reconstitute him, and he'd explode again. Finally, we get done praying for this guy, and I'm saying, do you have any Christian support here, any friends or whatever? whatever?" And the guy says, no, I just started my tour here. That's their stay, and he's like a two or three-year tour. He says, I just got here. I don't know anybody. I don't know any Christians. And I said, well, you've got to get in touch with the Christian embassy. Have you ever heard of Ron Soderquist? And he goes, no. And I said, well, you've got to meet this man. And as soon as I said, you've got to meet this man, Ron Soderquist walks in the door, which at this point I'm thinking, yeah, that, that, that sounds right. And he just said, Greg, Greg, I, I want to know, do you want a podium? Do you need a podium and, and, uh, to talk on? And I said, forget the podium, but, but you've got to hear what just happened here. This all took place in about 12, 15 minutes. It was an incredible power-packed time. And, 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 and I said, forget the podium, but you've got to meet this guy. And they got in touch there. I, I, I said, you've you got to you know, uh, get him in touch with some other Christians. I, I started to tell the guy about the, the two pygmies. And, and I turned to point to them, and, and he was just heading out the door. He says, got to go. And then they're gone. And that's... For all I know, that there are two angels. But when I went to talk to this audience, you guys, and, and this is the word for us, okay? It was, like, it, was, it, was like, it was like this. God just introduced me once again into the reality of this stuff. We're talking reality. 
We're talking about something that is real. This stuff is so real. Jesus, you guys, is so real. And I, every day of my life, believe that. But I don't, every day of my life, experience that. It's like all of a sudden you wake up and you realize this stuff is real. It is so real. And it's cool, too. And when I went to talk to these people, there was such... It's like all I needed was the conviction that this stuff is real. It's like the Lord, it's like the Wizard of Oz or something. He pulls back the curtain and says, you know what, Greg? I'm pulling the strings here. It's not about you. It's about me. And I'm in charge here. Just go do it. What I learned here was this. What I learned in a split second as I, as I ran up against the, the reality of Jesus Christ. It's like a... It's like a it's like a mosquito splattering on a windshield. Greg Boyd splatters on the reality of Jesus Christ. It's like you got to come to the end of yourself, you know, and bush, you hit it there, and the Lord says, hello. And what he told me in that second was this. This is all, what we're doing right, right this second, what we're doing right now is about the reality of Jesus Christ. He's building a real kingdom here. This is not a philosophy. It's not a theory. It's not a belief system. It's not a comfort crutch we're talking about a reality. We're talking about what God's doing in the world. We're talking about what God wants to do with you individually, and with me individually, and with us collectively. We're talking about God moving to take over the world. We're talking about reality. There's a real creator, a real God, and a real Savior with real salvation, and that's what we're all about. It's reality. Amen. Amen. But to experience that reality, it's like you've got to come to the end of your own reality. And no, we're not going to be preaching on peace this morning. Uh, well, that will wait a little bit. We got to the rapture. So we're just going to wait on that one. I, I, th- th- this is the word for us. My nervousness, my brain racing, my anxiety was all the result of me worrying about moi. What am I going to look like in front of all these? It was the same thing the night before. What am I going to let, how am I, how am I going to come across? This is big stuff. The more important it is, the more I want to be in control. I want to know exactly what I'm going to say. I want to have it all down pat. I want to just, you know, bam, 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 me, me, me. How am I going to look? And I'm, all, I'm, I'm half confident that, that, that uh, on, on my own ability, you know, if, if, my, if my reputation's on the line, I can come through and help myself. But Christianity has got nothing to do with that. Nothing to do with that. And so the Lord puts me in a situation where I splatter on the windshield of His grace and says, enough of you. Let me show you what this is really about. What this is really about is the pygmy. What this is about, what this is about is not about your design, your reputation. You can go up there. See, at this point, when you, when you see the, the reality of the windshield, when you see the reality of what this is about, that God's reputation is at stake, now, even if I went up in front of these people and I said something like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of really tired right now and my thoughts are pretty disconnected. You want to listen? Um, it wouldn't matter because it's not about that. If I never got invited to, to do another speaking game, that wouldn't matter. That becomes a non-factor. The ego becomes a non-factor. The reputation becomes a non-factor. Your own comfort becomes a non-factor when Jesus becomes the real factor. And when you understand that, when you see the reality of what we're dealing with here, everything else becomes inconsequential. And what that does is it produces a tremendous amount of freedom. A tremendous amount of freedom. A tremendous amount of lightness. It means that you can risk moving in the Spirit of God like this pygmy because there's nothing else that's really important. 
We, we shut off the voice of God so much because we're concerned about us. What we're going to do, what we're going to look like, we obey convention, we go along with the rules, we do things according to the Western normal way of doing things because we don't want to look weird, we don't want to be fanatical, we don't want to be this or that or the other way. We don't want to tear off our microphones. Oh, we're so concerned with all that. You see, when you can just set that aside, you realize the one thing that's important, what we are before we are anything else is... We're what we're supposed to be is little pygmies who know nothing ultimately but listening to the voice of God. We're in, in prayer this last uh, Monday. The staff was praying together uh, this last Monday, and the Lord gave us a prophetic word. And man, I'm telling you, I'm beginning to like those prophetic words. Uh, and, and, and the prophetic word was a couple things, but in essence it said this, follow the pygmy. Follow the pygmy. That's why I wasn't sure what I was going to speak on today, but the title of the sermon is Follow the Pygmy. So I'm going to do is follow the pygmy. The picture I got with, with that word was, was sort of uh, we're in a jungle and there's this little pygmy guy, this guy in fact, and he's happy as can be. He's just so bubbly. He's like this little, he's like a, he's like a, 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 a black leprechaun or something. He's just like always, I can't get the pygmy, but he's just having a good time. He's having fun. And our job is just to keep our eyes, learn to do what this guy does. And what that means in a practical value is this, you guys. The kingdom of God is right now being built. God is in the process. This is a real thing. God is in the process of building his kingdom. It may be done in five years. It may be done in 50 years. It may be done in 500. I don't know. I don't care. We just got to do what we're called to do right here and now. But God's building his kingdom. And the way that that kingdom is being built is by people who are sold out like this pygmy. The kingdom of God, the word for us to know is this, is not about what Steve Van Sickle can or cannot do. It's not about what Greg Boyd can or cannot do or what Norm Blagman or Mary Van Sickle or what anybody else can scheme here. It's not about uh, our plans and it's not about our devices. The kingdom of God is built when there are simply people who understand that they are ministers and when they understand that God talks to them and when they have the radical, sometimes foolish, sometimes ridiculous abandonment to actually obey God when he tells you to do something you wouldn't otherwise do, that's what builds the kingdom of God. We call them kingdom coincidences. And you know that it wasn't any coincidence, this kind of timing that went on there. There were so many things that got accomplished in there for me and, and, and for that soldier and, and, and for the chaplain there. It was an incredible thing. God just orchestrates the whole thing. But all that orchestration comes to nothing, comes to nothing unless there are people who are willing to move in accordance with that. Unless there are people who understand that when you take a tour of the Pentagon, like for all I know, this guy was taking some tour. I don't know what he was doing there. But let's say he was taking a tour. But he wasn't only taking a tour. He was taking a tour with his ear turned towards the captain. He understood that a tour before it's entertainment is ministry. It's also entertainment. But first of all, it's ministry. And your job, before it's a job, is ministry. And your family, before it's a family, is ministry. And your neighbors, before they're just friendly, nice neighbors, or maybe not so nice neighbors, they are ministry. And everything that we are about is to be ministry. And when we say that Jesus Christ is Lord of our life, that's not to be taken as sort of an abstract, general way on Sunday morning. It's meant to be, like for this pygmy, the Lord is the Lord of this breath. And now he's the Lord of this breath. 
and now he's the Lord of this breast, and he's the Lord of this step, and that step, and the next step. And if the Lord says, go into the chapel, you go into the chapel. And the Lord says, pray for somebody, you pray for them. The Lord says, lay hands on them, you lay hands on them. And maybe it doesn't fit convention. Maybe it's going to break some unwritten rules in the Pentagon even. Maybe it will make you look foolish in the eyes of other people. But if God is for you, what does it really matter if anyone else is against you? In fact, no one else really can be against you if God is for you. You learn to walk, you learn to obey, you learn to go in the Spirit. What builds the kingdom of God is when... It's not when you have one person with a superstructure that imposes it on everybody else and now you carry out nice programs with nice goals, with nice accomplishments, shown on nice pieces of paper. It's when God is the head of the whole thing, Christ is the head of the whole thing, and he says to you, 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 he says to us individually, go here, do this, do the other thing. When Jesus Christ is the head of the body and the body is listening to the head, it doesn't look as impressive as when a person does it. It doesn't look as organized. It doesn't look as secure. It doesn't look as religious. It certainly doesn't look as traditional. It maybe doesn't even look like they got their act together. But there are kingdom coincidences going on all over the place. And maybe we won't even know till the kingdom comes what all the coincidences were. But that's how, that's how God's building his kingdom. What God is doing right now is he's raising up a people who have a hunger. He's doing it here. He's doing it in the Catholic Church. He's doing it in the Lutheran Church. He's doing it in the Christian Missionary Alliance churches. He's raising up a lot of people who are just saying, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm uh, not satisfied with the status quo. I have enough natural programs and productions and enough natural, very eloquent, fine-tuned speeches that don't do much in kingdom work. We have enough natural, nice music, enough carnal reasoning, enough egos involved here, a nice, enough nice-looking religiosity, but what we hunger for, God is raising up sheep who say this, what we hunger for is the reality of the Spirit of God. What we hunger for is to see Jesus Christ move. What we hunger for is to see God using us to do things that we could not possibly have done. What we hunger for is to come to the end of ourselves to just splatter on the windshield of God's grace and let God take control and flow with the Spirit. And if God says the sermon you prepared you're not supposed to preach, then you don't preach it. You go with what the Lord says to do. God's raising up a bunch of people who hunger and thirst to see God use them, who know in their inner, in, in their inner person that they are ministers. They're called to do ministry. That what defines them most essentially is their ministry within the body of Christ and they want to move in that. People who want to see the New Testament church brought up here in the Twin Cities and to see it begin to take over the Twin Cities and move throughout the world. That's the kind of people God's raising up right now. People who know what it is to follow the pygmy. And that looks so different from what we're used to seeing. You know, if you ask, who's a good candidate for the board? Who's a good candidate for a pastor? Who's a good person to be in charge here? Believe me, believe me, this guy here would not be the first person you'd look to. We in our culture would go, Flakeyville... But this is, the kingdom of God is being built by people like this who in the natural eyes are looking a little bit flaky but have got the spirit-filled boldness to step out and do what God calls them to do. That's what the kingdom of God is all about. I want to pray right here. Lord, I just pray that you'd free us from our western chains and free us to run freely like this pygmy and do ministry, Lord. Free us, Lord God, hallelujah, to have the power. and the Lord, free me to get enough of my splattered self out of the way to have the anointing that this man or this angel had in that chapel. I long for that, to have that anointing. Thank you for your presence right here and right now.
And Lord God, I just pray, I just pray that your spirit would be moving here to do what, what, what I and Steve and no one else could ever do. And Lord, and that is to, to, to be raising up ministers who know what it is to be called by the gospel and to move into ministry. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let me say this. Uh, you see, and ministry team, why don't you, oh, you're, you're here already. Okay, hang on. Uh, if it happens because of a nice plan, if it happens because of a good scheme, a good idea, if it happens because of a charismatic personality, if it happens because of anything that I or Steve or John or Bill or Mary or Betty or whatever does, then the glory, at least in part, and maybe a large part, goes to them. Well, what a good idea. What a good plan. What a good speech. What a good... Blah, blah, blah. The kingdom of God is all about Jesus Christ and nothing but Jesus Christ. And all the glory has got to go to him. And all we are supposed to be is a little bunch of pygmies who say, Lord, whatever you want, whenever you want it, however we want it, you got it. Amen. Amen.